Welcome back to another episode of Between the Lines with your hosts, John Myers and Jack Tobin. Today, March 7th, we'll be taking a look at some recent Chicago sports games, big news in sports, including a big NFL name movement around the league, taking a look at some of the start of spring training, and much more. All right, so starting off, we have some game analysis, including uh, the Chicago Bulls facing off against the New Orleans Pelicans uh, on March, what was that, 5th? I believe so. uh, it was the third, I think. The third, okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, you get a chance to watch that game, Jack. Um, I did. Um, some of the quick things I saw is Levine obviously scoring 36. Kobe White had a big game, and a surprise to me was Thaddeus Young, who had 18. What do you think about that, Young, a veteran off the bench? Um, you know, I mean, like you said, he's a he's a veteran, I think he provides a, a lot to the team, and just in terms of his leadership skills. Um, obviously he's not putting up 18 every night, but, uh, I think he's been decently consistent. He's just kind of a good role player off the bench. Someone that's pretty reliable to, um, come in and jumpstart the game or the offense if need be. Um, but obviously, honestly, I don't think that the, the offense has been needing much help, but as you mentioned, Levine had 36. I think he's been looking great. Obviously, uh, his all-star year. Um, I think he's, he's, uh, He's just been a great asset to the team. And overall, I think um, they look like a pretty solid team, in my opinion. What about you? Yeah. Patrick Williams kind of had a surprising night. He had 13 points for a rookie that's pretty good in his first year. Um, Denzel Valentine had 11. Mm -hmm. It was an overall good performance by the Bulls, taking down a young, good team like the Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans, uh, like towards the end, the the end of the stretch, uh, it was it was getting a lot closer than I thought it should have been. I think they they had a pretty commanding lead up until like five minutes left in the game. Um, they had some pretty costly fouls towards the end. Uh, a couple, I want to say they were at least like three possessions in a row where the Pelicans were just putting up shots. A couple of them were threes, and the the Bulls ended up fouling. So I think the game was a lot closer. The score kind of showed it was a lot closer than it really was. Um, I think the Bulls were up by like twenty at half. So yeah, it ended as a four point game. Yeah, so I think uh, I think the Bulls the score doesn't show how good the Bulls played that game, but um, I think they're, they're looking pretty good. I want to say they're currently ninth in the Eastern Conference at sixteen and eighteen. Um, so I think they have a chance to move up to the seventh seed. They're only one game behind uh, the seventh the seventh seed, um, so I think that could be an easy bump up. And I think they have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs this year. So that should be interesting moving down the stretch. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, next up, we have the uh, Blackhawks game. They faced off against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning on the on Friday, last Friday, the uh, March fifth. Um, the game went into over or overtime and eventually a shootout where the where the Hawks took the, the W home. Um, what did you think about that game, Jack? Yeah, I thought Subban had a phenomenal game and goal. Obviously, I think he faced like 42 shots around there, or maybe it was like 45 with 42 saves. He, he had a crazy game. Um, on top of that, DeBrinkett had two goals, and it was kind of cool because he had his 100th goal and 200th point in the same goal. So yeah. that was a pretty special moment for him. And also, I think Boquist had, I think, two assists. So I think it was a pretty good performance against – probably the best team in the league and the defending Stanley Cup champs. 
Yeah, uh, going back to uh, Malcolm Subban, I, I really think he performed good, especially uh, he had some crucial saves in overtime. Um, speaking of which, I um, I haven't really gotten a chance to watch a whole lot of NHL games this season. So uh, this was the first time I've seen a three-on-three overtime game, which I know it's, it's been a while that that's been out, but um, I noticed like there were, it was, there, you know, it's a lot of breakaways and just a lot of scoring opportunities. And I think Malcolm Subban really kind of proved himself during that time, um, kind of saving the game. And then had a shutout in the shootout, which I, which was obviously very crucial. So, uh, yeah, I thought he played great in that game. I know it's been a little bit, but going back to the Super Bowl, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers completely destroyed the Chiefs 31-9. to um, And I was just thinking, John, who do you think really stood out during that game? Um, I know it's kind of uh, a general statement, and this is kind of for the playoffs in, in a, as a whole. But I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense really stood out um, to me. I, I mean, to shut the sh- – to uh, keep the, the Chiefs from scoring a touchdown the entire game, obviously they're one of the most explosive offenses in the league. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is probably the best quarter – not probably the best quarterback right now in the league. Um, will likely go down as one of the greatest his- – quarterbacks in history with the trajectory he's on um and obviously they have some huge offensive threats Tyree killed Travis Kelsey um so I mean I think their defense just to to shut them out or keep them preventing from scoring a touchdown just really kind of makes a statement that they're one of the top defenses in the league um and even watching them throughout the entire playoffs uh I think they just they were they were great honestly so that's who stood out to me what about you yeah um honestly you could say anyone on the Tampa Bay offense really Tom Brady whatever but I was I really want to talk about like Patrick Mahomes I feel like he played great he had some insane throws and he just got no help from his offensive line I know he I think he had one or two tackles injured his the best tackles for sure injured he had a couple passes just go through guys' hands and end zones. So, yeah, I just think Patrick Mahomes played very well. Just his team had nothing to do with it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, looking at the the kind of the end of the game, uh, it seemed like Mahomes was getting pressured every single, uh, every single play. He was out of the pocket nearly like every, you know, for the majority of every single play. Um. And I think that's a lot contributed to the good defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their pass rush. Um, but there, there should be no, there should be no offensive line that's letting a, you know, even that quality of a defense get to their quarterback that often. Um, and then, as you mentioned, they had a couple drop passes down the stretch that were really costly. So I don't, I don't put any blame on Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, I think it was just his surrounding pieces that kind of let him down, which is very surprising for the, for the Kansas City Chiefs. As I mentioned, they were one of the best teams in the league. So, yeah. Yeah. Travis Kelsey played well. I think he uh, he had 10 catches, 133 yards. He played great. Tyree Kill on paper didn't look bad. He had seven receptions for 73 yards. But I know he had a couple drop passes. And one was at the goal line off his helmet, I think. Uh, Sammy Watkins had one catch. Demarcus Robinson had one catch. His running backs, I don't think, had too many yards. He had uh, – Hilaire had 64 yards on nine rushes. 
Yeah, just Mahomes was always moving. He couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um. So talking about uh the Super Bowl for next year, um, how do you think? How do you think the next year Super Bowl will look compared to this Super Bowl? Yeah. Um. In my opinion, I think the 49ers will go back. They'll get a quarterback this offseason, and they have George Kittle. They have that great defense. Nick Bosa will come back. They were kind of just destroyed with injuries. I think the Niners will be back in the Super Bowl. And on the other side, I think uh, the Ravens will probably will. I, I don't know why. I just have this weird feeling that the Ravens will make a run this year. They've been one of the best teams the past couple of years, but just never been able to make it past the second round. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I feel like the Ravens, I mean, they're just such a, a touch and go team, I feel like. You know, they're they're very inconsistent, at least they have been the past couple of years. Um, Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, has been kind of inconsistent. Obviously he had his MVP season, but then he really I mean, he he's still a he's still a great quarterback in my opinion. Um, I just think that he uh he hasn't really shown that he can be consistent throughout an entirety of a season which I feel like could affect them in terms of making a, a deep playoff run. Um, so, Yeah, I can see that. But at the same time, they had, two years ago, they had, I think, like a 12-4 season or 13-3 season. So throughout the whole regular season, they played great until they ran into Derrick Henry. But Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I think, I think that's a valid Super Bowl prediction. Personally, I think it's – um, despite their kind of lackluster showing in this year's Super Bowl, um, I think that it's would be a safe bet to say that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to make it back for the AFC. And then the NFC, I feel like it's it's kind of tough. I mean, there have been a lot of teams that I don't think that the Buccaneers will make it back. Um, I think that on one team that could possibly make it could be the Packers, despite their their uh recent or not necessarily recent but inability to make it past the nfc championship the past couple of years um i feel like they just have such a great offense i mean this year they had arguably the best offense in the league um the combination of aaron Rodgers and Devonte adams is just deadly um their their defense has been pretty solid the past couple of years so if i think if they're able to just kind of string together some wins in the playoffs they could easily make it to the super bowl yeah, the one thing I would have against the Packers, and I might be wrong here, is I think they, I think they have some expiring contracts on defense. I might be wrong, but that's like the one thing I could pick out about the Packers that did not play or is not going well for them right now. I feel like they're always just one of the top teams. Yeah, no, I mean it. It would be a safe bet to say that they'll make it atop the NFC North this year. Um, I think that the NFC North is such a you know, it, I would say it's been highly dominated by the Packers uh, the past couple of years. Obviously, you know, they have the the Bears were uh, top 12 and four, I think, in 2018, and the Vikings in, like, 2017, maybe. I don't know. But for the majority of the time, the Packers have been in it, so it's safe to say that they'll make the playoffs. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not they'll be able to string some wins together in the playoffs. Yeah, for, like, the past decade, they've always – in the top yeah um and as you mentioned I think that their defense is definitely their weak point not even that it's such a you know a weak point as it's just the weakest link 
between their offense and defense. Um, I think, as I mentioned, they have the best, one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, one of the best running backs in the league, one of the best wide receivers in the league, and arguably the best quarterback in the league right now. Um, oh, that's who I, has an expiring contract. I think their running back has an expiring yeah, contract. Yeah, I know Aaron, Aaron Jones is a free agent, but I, yeah. I, could, I would easily see them re-signing Aaron Jones. So I think that would be a safe yeah, I think it's just a matter of their cap space, if they can cough up enough money in that cap space to get them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would I would agree with that, but if if they are able to make some big re-signings this year, I could easily see them uh, having another great offensive season. So, yeah. All right. Uh, sticking with the NFL, um, some more recent news in the NFL. Uh, some recent trade trade news with JJ Watt recently signing with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, what do you, obviously that's a big, a big name moving around the league. Someone that's kind of probably towards the end of their career, but is still one of the top, uh, players at their position. So what do you think about that signing? Yeah, I was kind of surprised actually. I know he's got Hopkins there. Um, but I was definitely, I was thinking he was going to go to like either like Green Bay or maybe Pittsburgh if they could get under the salary cap somehow, which was very doubtful, but Arizona was kind of surprising to me. I mean, it makes sense. He's going back with Hopkins. They've got a young quarterback in Murray. They, I mean, they've got Chandler Jones there. They've got a solid team now, especially with uh, Murray developing more. I feel like they could very easily make a push. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. As you mentioned, uh, you know, they, they had a big signing last year or two years ago, was it? Yeah, two years ago in uh, DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Um, that, I mean, they were, they were just kind of on the cusp this year. I think they finished eight and eight and the bears just beat them out due to the wild card rulings. Um, so I could definitely see them making a playoff push with that signing. Um, it kind of, obviously is going to be a big help to their defense, which was, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it was the weaker link between their two. What do, I mean, what do you think about that? Like, do you think the Cardinals had better offensive defense this year? Yeah, um, I would probably say they have a better offense because they have some pretty decent wideouts and they have a good backfield. So I think the only part of their offense would be their offensive line is not the best. But their defense is very solid. They got edge rushers with Watt, Chandler Jones. They got Buda Baker back there. They still have yeah. Pat. So it's a, it's a solid team. And I just can't believe they got Hopkins for a second round pick. Yeah, that was still such a such a, a stupid signing in my opinion. Well, it wasn't a signing; it was a trade. Or and a trade, yeah, because they got um, they, they got they sent away like a second round pick and a seventh round pick for and, the best uh, wideout in the league or the top. No, I know they got uh, who's, who's the running back? They got um, David Johnson with them. Who? Yeah, David Johnson. He was good for like two years and then has been injured and has yeah, not been. He hasn't really done anything on the Texans, so I I just goes. I mean proves even more that that was kind of a stupid signing by the Texans. Yeah, I mean, the Texans are – they're in some deep water right now. Yeah, Bill O'Brien, their former head coach before they fired him, had too many uh, – uh, like, not – I don't want to say moral, but, like, personal beef with people, I guess. Like, yeah, he took things way too personally and just traded them for nothing because some – Yeah, well, it's kind of crazy that they went from – 
you know, the AFC championship, uh, I mean, even, even more specifically being up, what, 24 nothing in the AFC championship against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, no, you're thinking of the, you're thinking of the Titans. Boy, no. Am I wrong? It was, no, it was, yeah, it was the Chiefs. It was, uh, I want to say 2018. The conference championship in 2019 was against the Titans. And the Chiefs yeah, played the about Texas 20, division. I'm talking about 2018 when, right? I, I know they played the Chiefs. I don't know. Yeah, they it played. Was. It wasn't the conference. They played the Chiefs in the divisional in 2019 because then the Chiefs went to play the Titans in the conference. And then the Chiefs played the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Okay, that's what it was. So I, I knew they were they were up against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Um, and, and then obviously the merged with Deshaun Watson. So it's just kind of crazy that, you know, they're kind of – they're losing all these big-name players in the past couple of years. All right, now looking at more of a Chicago uh, NFL type of segment. Um, so the Bears really need a wide receiver with Allen Robinson not under contract for next season. I was wondering, John, who do you think they should go after, if anyone, or go after someone in the draft? Um, yeah, I mean, they they still haven't re-signed Allen Robinson or Cordero Patterson, um, for that matter. So they're obviously, you know, evaluating their wide receiver options. I think. Um, there's some big names. There's some like this is a good free agent wide receiver, uh, year I would say. Um, you know, you have guys like obviously Allen Robinson not available for re-signing. Uh, but then you also have Chris Godwin, uh, Juju, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, Marvin Jones, Corey Davis, uh, just to name a couple. Um, so I don't know. Out of those guys, I would personally, the best guy I think out of that list would probably be Chris Godwin. Um, if for that, I would say if they don't re-sign Allen Robinson, I, would, I think Allen Robinson would probably be the best option for the team. Um, obviously just because he's been on the team for a couple of years now, um, he, he performed very well. I think he's had, I want to say uh, just a couple, um, two, a thousand year, thousand yard years, um, two or three, maybe I'm not really sure. Yeah. I would say he's a top seven wide receiver in the league. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think the best option would be re-signing Allen Robinson. But in the case that that doesn't happen, I would probably go with Chris Godwin. Um, he's really just been a, a solid piece for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, alongside Mike Evans. So I think that if he were to come to Chicago, he would be just one of those guys that makes an instant impact on the team. So uh, that would probably be my guy. Um, yeah, what about you? I think the Bears have, like, Two more days to franchise tag Robinson. I think the deadline is either like March 9th or it might be later in the summer. But I just – I don't think the Bears will be able to go out and get anyone. Their salary cap – I think they're already over the salary cap for next year. So, I mean, they have the right to franchise tag Robinson, but I think they would have – the best option is to franchise tag and then trade them, get something out of them. Um – I mean, if we if you wanted to go after one of those guys, the best would probably be Chris Godwin. He's probably the best wide receiver in that class. Um, and, I, I mean, you would have to give up, like, an Eddie Jackson and trade and get only draft capital in return. 
because he's making so much money. Yeah, well, I heard that they were actually planning on restructuring a couple guys' contracts, and I think Eddie Jackson was one of those guys that was in that conversation to have their contract restructured, which would be, I think, a good idea just because he's making so much money and he hasn't really been productive the past couple of years. I also think uh, Jimmy Graham was one of those guys. So they're definitely looking at clearing up some cap space. So I, I would hope that they'd be able to sign someone like Chris Godwin this offseason. Well, I definitely think – Jimmy Graham will get cut. I don't think he'll be back for the yeah. contract reason. And it really – restructuring a contract really, like, depends on the player. The player doesn't yeah. want his contract restructured. You can't really do much about it. You can't force him. So, yeah, I don't know if Eddie Jackson will want to. I mean, he's making a ton of money. And I don't know if he's a guy where they can just cut and not have to pay him anymore. I don't know if he has a fully guaranteed contract or anything. So yeah. I just I, I still think the best option for them is drafting a wide receiver in the first round. So, no, yeah, I mean I definitely think that drafting a wide receiver would be a an option for the Bears. Um I just I don't know if I'm too fond on unless you're getting a guy um that was really, you know, proved himself in college. Um then it, it definitely is a, a solid option. I just think that, um, you know, money aside, definitely picking up a free agent wide receiver that's already proved himself in the NFL would be the best option. It's just kind of a guaranteed, uh, you know, getting a solid player that you know will help the team right away. So, um, yeah, I think Chris Godwin's probably the best free agent that they could pick up. But as you mentioned, drafting one is also an option. And then re-signing on Robinson also is also an option. So they still have plenty of options this offseason. Um, I'm interested to see what they're going to do um, in terms of quarterback situation, wide receiver situation, who they draft. Um, I think it's going to be a kind of a make or break off season, in my opinion, for the Bears. So, Yeah, money is holding the Bears back so much. They need – they just don't have money. Yeah, I think that kind of pretty much sums up their, the Bears' uh, current situation. So uh, if we move on now. The MLB has recently started to bring training, uh, which is a great sign for me. Uh, means, you know, spring and summer right around the corner. So that's always a good sign. Um, plus, baseball is right around the corner. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that spring training is starting to kick off. And I was wondering what you kind of thought about the league, how it's looking so far, any teams that you think are going to be good this year. Yeah, so you you got the teams like the Dodgers, the back-to-back repeats could easily happen, especially with signing Bauer, the Cy Young. You got the Yankees. You got, I mean, the Blue Jays now. With that young core, they picked up some guys in free agency, like uh, Simeon. I think the Blue Jays are looking very nice. Um, you got the Cardinals now, who aren't bad, with Arenado. Um, uh, there, I mean, there's a lot of teams that could be very good this year. Yeah, one team I think could be also very good is the uh, Padres. I think the Padres are looking really good. Um, you know, they have, they also have a pretty young core, guys like Fernando Tatis. Um, they also made some big signings to their pitching rotation. Um, and they picked up Hugh Darvish. Uh, Blake Snell was also a big, a big signing to that rotation. So I think they're one team that you could look out for this season. Yeah, they didn't even give that much up for Snell and Darvish. I think that 
in the Snell trade, they gave up more. They gave up Francisco Mejia, who was one of the top prospects at the catcher position. And they also gave up a uh, starting pitcher. His name is uh, blanking on me. He, he's also a top prospect. Uh, damn. Well, he, he's like a uh, – I think his name is Patino. Um, he's another top prospect. But in the Cubs trade for Darvish, they, they only gave up 16, 17, and 18-year-olds, guys that aren't even close to – being in the show so they made some big moves and I thought I think they're going to be probably I don't I don't know ah, that division's so tough bro between the Dodgers and Padres that's going to be a fun one to see in October September yeah um well looking at some more obviously we mentioned you know the the Dodgers the Padres uh I think you mentioned the Rays but also looking at some more local Chicago teams, you have the Cubs and the Sox. How do you think they're going to – what do you think they're looking like this year? Yeah, the um, – for the Cubs team, um, the Central is very weak. I mean, you got the worst team in the league and the Pirates. You got the Reds who uh, – they gave up Bauer and free agency. I think they lost a couple other pieces. Um, the Cardinals are actually looking pretty solid now with the Arenado trade. They got Goldstrand Arenado – Probably the top duo at the corners, maybe Bryant and Rizzo if they pick up this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Brewers, I mean, the Brewers all depend on Christian Yelich. If Yelich doesn't have a good year, the team will not have a good year. Yeah. Um, in the Sox division, I mean, you got the Indians who I don't think will be too good this year. You got the Twins who will be good. You got the Royals, who will probably not be that good, and uh, Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers, who definitely will not be good. Tigers, Tigers look like a team that have a lot of potential in the next coming years. They're just not there yet. And the Sox roster, honestly, might have they might have one of the best rosters on paper in the league. I mean, you got Tim Anderson at short, and left you got Eloy, and center you got Robert or Robert, however you want to pronounce it. Um, in right field, they got Adam E now and maybe some other guys off the bench. At second, you got Nick Mandrigal, who's a young guy. At first, they obviously got a Brayu. They've got Vaughn there, who's a young guy that can hit the ball. And their rotation is very good. They got Keuchel, Giolito, and Lance Lynn this, um, this offseason. And in the bullpen, they picked up Liam Hendricks, one of the best closers in the league. So I think the Sox have a very solid roster. Yeah, I think, I think they'll definitely – uh, they, I could easily see them being atop the AL Central this year. Um, I, do you think they'll do anything in the playoffs this year? Yeah, I think they honestly can make a, a World Series push this year. It, it's really a matter of pitching and staying healthy. Um, you, you would have to go through the Yankees and the Blue Jays maybe if they make it in. And then I'm trying to think of the AL West, who's like a top team out there. It's kind of looking somewhat Astros. weak. Yeah, the Astros aren't looking too good this year. Um, I mean, the Angels are actually looking pretty good. Shohei Otani's coming back so he can pitch again and hit. Mm-hmm. You obviously like Mike Trout. You got a guy like Joe Adele coming up. A short, you got Iglesias, who's new there. You got Rendon. And then you got just the veteran pool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, you know – Comparing the two, uh, the two Chicago teams and the Sox and the Cubs, I think that the as much as I hate to say it as a Cubs fan, I think the Sox definitely are looking a lot better this year. Um, 
I could, as you mentioned, I could easily see them making a, a World Series run. I mean, they have the lineup for it, 100%. Um, and in terms of the Cubs, I mean, I feel like the Cubs still have a great roster. They just, you know, the past couple of years, I feel like they've kind of underperformed. You know, they have guys like Chris Bryant, who um, obviously he was the NL MVP in, what, 2015, 2016? 16. Um, and I know it's been a couple of years since then, obviously, but he's really been underperforming, in my opinion, the, the past couple of years. I think this is kind of a make-or-break season for him on whether he gets traded or not. At least I could I – Yeah, he was he was kind of injured last year pretty much the whole season. He had some lagging injuries. I mean, you have to take last year with a grain of salt. It was a 60-game season. I mean, the first 60 yeah. games for Rizzo in a normal year are usually slow for him as well. I mean, this year you got Rizzo coming up to free agency. You got Brian free agency. You got Javi in free agency. If the Cubs are not easily in first in the at the trade deadline in the division – I've, I could definitely see at least one or two of their core getting shipped out of town. Brian's probably one of the most likely because he'll probably want the most money considering he's been an MVP in the past, even though he hasn't been performing. Yeah, and I, I think they'll keep Javi and uh, Rizzo because they're just kind of like fan favorites. Yeah. But, I mean, something's got to happen. They won't be able to afford probably uh, not not a majority, but they'll not be able to afford three of them. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if they wanted to, uh, you know, be on the market for some pitchers, and obviously they took some hits to their pitching rotation this year, and losing Lester and Darvish coming off of his Cy Young runner-up year. But um, yeah, no. So I mean, if they wanted to have any chance of looking at some pitchers, you know strengthening their, their rotation this year, they'd definitely have to make some cuts in there. Yeah, I don't know if you keep in touch with, like, the prospects with the Cubs, but I thought Albert Alazaway looked pretty solid last year, and he's looked good in spring training this year. I think he'll definitely have that fifth spot in the rotation. Um, You got Breland Marquez coming up the lefty. I think one start with the Cubs at the end of the season last year when games really didn't matter for him. And then I'm trying to think some other prospects that the Cubs have. Um, you got Miguel Amaya, who could come and replace Contreras if they decide to ship Contreras out of town. Because I think Contreras might have one more year of arbitration left. Um, yeah, I mean, you got Ed Howard down there, who's probably a couple of years away. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too much in uh, paying attention to the the farming system of the Cubs, but um, I mean, if they have some good guys, I I could definitely see them being uh, a, a good team in the next couple of years in the upcoming years. Um, you know, as long as they keep some of their core guys, I think that Rizzo is definitely a guy that they should keep out of those three. Um, as you mentioned, also Baez, I think would be a good guy. Um, so yeah, I, I could see the Cubs kind of, obviously this is a rebuilding season, which is why, honestly, I did not understand the Jack Peterson signing. Um, I, I thought that it, it was kind of a silly signing in terms of rebuilding. I just don't see why you felt the need to pay a guy like Jack Peterson for only a one-year deal. When you know, basically, you're not really going to do much this year. I don't think they're going to try and make a World Series push or anything like that. 
So what did I mean? What did you think about that signing? I didn't think it was that great of a signing. Well, I definitely think the Cubs could easily make the playoffs this year. I don't think they are considered rebuilding right now because I know Central is so weak. You just have to beat out the Cardinals and you're basically in. And at least if the Cubs do not have a good season, like the Cardinals pull away or something, the Jack Peterson uh, signing could easily be someone they move at the deadline at like just a sign and trade for, for someone making a World Series push. Yeah. You get something from them, and maybe he performs this year and carries them to a, a postseason berth. You never know. So I thought it was kind of a, yeah. a good signing. Um I don't know if it helps uh, Chris Lake graduate Nick Martini out there, but he Nick's been ter- uh, tearing it up at spring training. He's hit every ball hard. It's just Jack's probably going to be there in front of him. Yeah, I think uh, just looking at the stats really quick, Jack Peterson's hitting uh, 222 right now, and Nick Martini's actually hitting 286. So batting average-wise, Nick Martini's looking better, but um, Jack Peterson's also had two home runs compared to uh, Martinez zero. Uh, and also Martinez had a couple less plate appearances. So I probably, that plays into it a little bit, but I definitely yeah, think. Nick, Nick has hit double. He, um, he's hit every game I've watched, every game he started, I've watched. And he's hit the ball hard every single time other than his first plate appearance. So I think he's definitely impressing Ross. Uh, the manager, and if he keeps performing, I think he has a good chance of making the roster. Yeah, that would that would be pretty cool just to see a PR graduate starting for the Cubs come the opening day. It'd be, be something cool to see. Yeah, he had a pretty cool at bat against the Cubs in, uh, I think it was 2019 or 2018. Oh, yeah, yeah I, know. I think it was. Wasn't it last year? No, it wasn't last year because it was pre-COVID, I know. I said 2018 or 2019. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, where he hit the home run at Wrigley. So yeah, it was actually his only home run in his career, other than he hit a home run against a position player, but that really doesn't count. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Making some predictions this year uh, for the World Series. Who do you think? Uh, who do you see making the the World Series this year? Yeah, you know, you got the Dodgers out there who's a very good team. They might have a slightly better roster than the Padres, but I'm a little biased here. I want the Padres in it. I love Tatis. And then in the AL, I mean, you got the Yankees, you got the White Sox, you got the Twins, you got the Angels. I'm going to say the White Sox. I think the White Sox might have the best roster in the AL. I mean, they've got the mix between the young and the old, and I think they're just going to play very well this season. Yeah, that's actually exactly who I was going to go with. So, um, I guess in terms of keeping it different, uh, I'll say, um, let's see, I think a Yankees-Dodgers matchup would be kind of interesting to see this year in the World Series. And I Yeah, another one I could see would probably be, like, maybe either the Mets or the Braves on the NL. The AL East is stacked this year. Every team in the AL East is good. The worst team is the Marlins, and they made the playoffs last year. So the the NL East is very good this year. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So your prediction is uh, the Sox and the Padres, and just for keeping it different, I'll go with the Yankees and Dodgers. And uh, with that, that basically concludes our MLB segment. Um, so now that moves on to 
uh, moves us on to our weekly segment, um, player of the week or standout team of the week, which uh, we described it last week, but basically we're just going to pick a player that we thought stood out this week or team that stood out this week. Um, so I'll let you go first, Jack. Which team did you think? Yeah, was? I'm going back with another player. And it's the, a Cubs player from spring training, Nico, Nico Horner. Um, he's in 700 through 10 at-bats. He's 7 for 10. He's got two doubles and a home run. He's hitting every ball hard. I think his three other outs have been smoke line drives as well. I mean, he's been showing out. He's gained a lot of muscle in the offseason, and I think he will lock up the second-base position for the Cubs this year. Yeah, he was a guy that kind of um, started to emerge towards the end of last season, or was it two seasons ago that he, he started for the Cubs? He, uh, he came up for, like, one series in 2019 and then was with the Cubs all of 2020, but was kind of a bench player behind Kipnis. Yeah, yeah, that, so it was last year. But he, he kind of started to emerge last year, so I think this year could definitely be a breakout season for him, which I think would be uh, pretty nice coming from a Cubs fan, so. Um, my guy, I'm going to go towards the NHL and I'm going to pick, uh, Blackhawks forward, Alex DeBrinkett. Um, he, he's really been, you know, performing great. He's kind of helped the Hawks over this, this, uh, past game or past week stretch. Um, he, he actually won on an eight game, uh, point streak over this last week. And as Jack mentioned, he recently scored his hundredth NHL goal along with his 200th uh, NHL point which is a pretty cool milestone so uh, yeah I think he he's really uh, helped the the Hawks out this past couple games he's I think he's second in the league behind Kane in points so uh, yeah I think he's he's my guy for player of the week this week yeah him and Kane on that second line have been great yeah I think Kane's second in the league and DeBrink hit Mark third in the league which I mean, that's insane, having two guys on the same line with that many points. So, yeah. With that, that concludes our uh, podcast, concludes our second episode. Um, so, yeah, I thought this was a great podcast. We had some good segments this week, I thought. Um, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great talking about sports again. I had a blast. Yeah, I definitely uh, – you know, with spring training uh, starting up and the MLB season right around the corner, I think we'll, we'll definitely have some, some good news to talk about. Uh, NFL free agency is, I think there'll be some big names hopefully signing this year. So uh, that'll be something yeah. in the future. So. Don't forget about March Madness either in conference tournaments. Oh, yeah. That'll be that'll be great too. So, uh, yeah, we got our work cut out for us these past, the next couple weeks and uh, hopefully you guys can tune in more here's keep talking i guess so yeah all right